Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Welcome to the podcast. It's Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. And this week on the show, we're going to be talking about uh, social security myths. Say that when you just first woke up in the morning. Top social security myths is what we're going to break down, Mike and I. We actually have 10 of these, but we're going to do five on this episode, and we're going to do five uh, in a couple of weeks on the next episode. So it's a good time to remind folks, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast so that you catch new episodes when they come out, just stop by Mike's website, spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com. There's a lot of good tools, tips, and resources at the website anyway, but right at the top of the page, you can click on the podcast link and it'll open that up. You'll see some prior things. You can click on the different, uh, you know, Apple or Google or Stitcher or Spotify, and that'll take you right to the site where you could also just uh, subscribe and follow that way. There's no cost or obligation, obviously, to doing that with a podcast. So consider doing so if you've not done so yet. But anyway, we're going to break it down into five this week, top social security myths. And then we'll do five in our, on our next session two weeks from now. So with that all said, Mike, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Well, I'm just excited about a baseball game we got coming up uh, here in a uh, week or so. Oh yeah, and, uh, for our clients and friends and and so forth. Uh, it's an annual event we do. It's a lot of fun. In fact, Mark, uh, you being just an hour and a half from me, you could uh, come up and enjoy it with us if you'd like. You so, know, I think I might take you up on that. I'd love it. Then I can introduce you to all our podcast. That's fans. right. Yeah. It's it's hey, the, everybody. That's the voice behind the podcast. That's so. right. What uh, What's the te- What's the Is it the local team? Yeah, yeah, the uh, local uh, single A um, minor league team, the Greensboro Grasshoppers. Oh, Greensboro. Okay, yeah, 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 the Grasshoppers. Yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because well, obviously, the, I was like, "Are you driving to Durham for the Bulls?" But I was like, "No, nah, you're probably yeah. not going that far." But yeah, <laughs> that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah so they're very cool. Well, I appreciate that, and I look forward to uh, to folks enjoying that. You know, as well. It's always fun to kind of get out there and do those little activities. And it's very cool that you do that stuff with your clients as well. So I know you have a couple different events throughout the year as well. You know, so yeah. It's a lot of fun. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, listen, let's jump in and talk about these because we've got okay. a few, okay? Uh, yep. And there's a lot of them. And I think, Mike, like any myth, like even Bigfoot, right? I'm going to go out on a limb here for a second. But I always thought, I always thought, is Bigfoot just a big bear that somebody saw once upon a time walking on its hind legs, right? Mm. And they were like, oh, it's some, you know, you know, whatever the case is, right? There's like a use. There's usually like a, a nugget of of truth to a myth, right? There's usually like a little piece or something, and it just gets distorted over time. And so I think that's what happens with a lot of these Social Security myths. So let's kind of go through and break a few down. We'll start with the first one, and that's that the folks at the Social Security Administration can help you make the best decision about when you should start your benefits. That is not correct. Technically, their manual, they're not actually supposed to do that. Now, they can provide you with a lot of information, but telling you, hey, you should go ahead and turn it on at this age is not one of them. Right, right. And, you know, we're, we're all human beings. And so sure. I'm sure occasionally it happens where somebody says, yeah, let me push you a little this way or that way. Sure, right. On your decision making. And and there's one thing they like to do, too, which is say, hey, you know what, if you go ahead and elect now rather than waiting till your birth date or whatever the point is, you know, the, the right now there's all these different uh, full retirement ages that have age and months uh, to get there we'll give you a lump sum benefit and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's, it's something you don't just necessarily make a 
off the cuff decision because it sounds really cool. Hey, they're going to give me $25,000 here and just a few dollars less per month right. uh, benefit. You know, it's something you, you ought to get some help with and, and, uh, and look into a little bit. Yeah. You know, when you're thinking about going in and getting the information from them and we'll kind of circle back around as we're going through some of these myths. Again, there's a ton of, ton of things within the Social Security Administration and the code and so on and so forth. And so there's a lot of great information that these folks provide, but that really shouldn't be one of them. They don't know your financial situation. They don't really know, you know, obviously they're not really a place to say, oh, you should do this for X number of dollars. They can just say, hey, this is what it is at 62. This is what it is at 67, full retirement age. This is what it is at 70. What do you want? Right. That kind of thing. But as far as giving you guidance to make the best decision, that's a myth. So, yeah. Yeah, All right. Exactly. Myth number two, uh, for the stay-at-home moms, you won't get any Social Security if that's what you always were, a stay-at-home mom. And I think, Mike, this one probably spawns out of the fact if you're talking about your own eligibility for your own personal Social Security, if you've not had a job through your life to where it's, what, what is it, Mike, 40, 40 quarters? 40 quarters or 10 years. Yeah. Of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, you, then you wouldn't get your own, but that does not mean you wouldn't get any. Right. Um, that's, that's correct. And, you know, that's, that's why it's important, I think, to check your record uh, and see, like, for instance, uh, we checked my wife's a few years back and she was two quarters short of having 40 quarters, she oh, wow. worked, you know, in high school and college. And uh, then one year after we got married, then we started having kids and she stayed at home uh, the rest of the time, other than a little uh, stint she had with me back in, I think it was 2002 or three, something like that. And uh, so being two quarters short, I hired her and I uh, paid her two quarters. Uh, and the minimum is $1,510 a quarter you have to earn to get credit for that quarter. Uh-huh. So we had her do some stuff so that I could pay her for a couple of quarters, got her the 40. And then when she reached full retirement age, we turned her benefit on okay. so that she starts getting that and is paying her Medicare premium and uh, giving her a little bit extra on top of it. Yeah. But, uh, only, only because... Our Medicare premium actually was higher than what her benefit was. So they reduce your cost of Medicare so that you are not spending all of your Social Security on it. So that was a good deal. Saved us a little bit there. Anyway, so she can collect that. And then once I retire, she can collect on mine, which will increase her benefit. But yeah, that would be the normal situation if I hadn't done that. She would not be drawing anything right now until I actually started drawing. Then she could draw based on my earnings record as a spouse. Gotcha. So, and again, that's the that strategy, right, Mike? I mean, that's part yeah. of. There's so many strategic <laughs> to tie into uh, the podcast name. Strategic yeah. nuances to Social Security, and this is one of them. But yeah, I th- again, the myth that you're just if you've always been a stay at home mom, you won't get anything is incorrect because you can take from your spouse. Uh, you can mm-hmm. claim against your spouse, and actually, there's other little fun caveats in there, Mike. That you know, if you are married more than once, so like my mom mm-hmm. found out, she's in her 80s. Right. She found out that she could actually get a higher amount by claiming based on her first marriage. First. Yeah, right. because it had they had been married more than 10 years, which I believe that's the caveat, right? And she's not currently married, right? So that there's some criteria, there's some hoops yes, to jump are. through. But she was pleasantly surprised. And to our prior conversation about the administration health, that's where they were helpful. They pointed mm-hmm. that out to her. They didn't tell her what to do. They just said, hey, did you know this is an option, right? Right. They're just letting you know what are your options. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So great stuff right there. So, again, if you're a stay-at-home mom, always have been, you're still eligible, again, you know, as long as you had a spouse. So, all right. right. Um, myth number three, you won't pay taxes on the Social Security because you paid taxes on that money when you put it in the system. 
Ah, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> uh, once upon a time, this was actually true. Yeah, that's correct. In the 1990s, uh, that changed. And it's interesting. You you haven't paid taxes on the Social Security money. You paid taxes to get the Social Security money. So that that payroll tax you're paying is was not a tax on your Social Security benefit, but was a tax on your earnings. So now that you're getting the benefit, you include that in a special little calculation uh, along with other income that you're earning at the time you're drawing your Social Security. And if it, it tells whether any of your Social Security benefit gets included in your taxable income. And it can be as much as 85% of it if your income is up there and depending on whether you're married or single filing. Um, so yeah, you you could have 50, 85% or anything in between be subject to income tax. Yeah. And I let you know, it, it's subject to it, but it's not the tax bracket, right? That's almost like another little myth that we should probably, it's like a, right. it's like myth three and a half. Yeah. Some people, some people, 85%. It's like, well, that's not the taxable rate. <laughs> right. Just, no, no. Just yeah. that's the portion of the social it's, security. It could be, right. Could be added yeah. to your other income to calculate. But, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to pay tax on it because then you have either your itemized deductions or your standard deduction that would reduce uh-huh. the taxable income and could put you in a situation with other credits you might have from energy credits or dependent credits or things like that, uh, foreign tax credits, a lot of them that uh, could reduce that and and actually end up paying no tax on the Well, and see, I'm glad you brought that up, Mike, because again, this comes back to strategic planning because if you are if you're smart about it and you're working with a professional and how you pull your income can affect mm-hmm. this, right? And so it's right. not it shouldn't be I've got and we talk about this a million times until we're blue in the face on here, but it's important for people to hear. It's not just oh, I have a 401k and whatever else, right? Oh, plus social security. They really all should be working together in a cohesive plan. Now you could do strategizing. And Mike, I'm sure when people come in, you can show them what social security would look like. I'll stand alone in a vacuum. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, it's also like, okay, now this is what it looks like if we do strategic planning and we, you know, we pull our assets accordingly to try to keep that tax lower. It's all about tax, you know, tax maximization in retirement too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there are things you can do in preparation for it, like getting money out of taxable accounts into tax-free accounts via, say, a Roth conversion is one thing that people think about to reduce the amount that's going to be subject to income tax to go along with your Social Security. So there's a lot of planning that can be done. You just got to do it ahead of time, not wait till the last minute. Yeah, exactly. All right. So that, again, that was myth number three and three and a half, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. about uh, you know paying taxes. Unfortunately, it is possible and it can happen. So just be aware of it. All right. Mm-hmm. So the next two, Mike, are the biggies. Uh, these are the big myths that get really pushed out there and kind of perpetuated quite a bit. So we're going to talk about these. Myth number four, there's not going to be any Social Security left by the time you retire. That's the big dog that scares everybody. Sure. We've seen the statements. We've seen the um, you know the things that the trust fund is running out by sometime in the 2033 range, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, and there's a difference between the trust fund and Social Security, which causes some confusion, right? There's the trust fund that funds it. It's not the sole reason. It's not the sole funding source, right? It's that right. replenishable trust fund. So anyway, talk to me a little bit about this. And, and what do you think is the standpoint here? Because I can't see any politician, which is probably why we have the problems that we have, standing up there and saying, well, we've killed it and no one gets a check ever again. Sorry. Right. <laughs> it's just not going to yeah. happen. And, and the politician probably is the reason we have the problem. It is the reason we have the problem, but they're also not going to let it die either. 
That's in, right. in my That's opinion. Right. They just can't afford to. Yeah, they, they, it would be a very difficult thing. I know there are some um, committees right now that are meeting to try and come to a point, where, but they've done this for years and years, and they end up just doing nothing. We'll see. Um, but uh, bottom line is this. Social Security is funded by um, two basic things, payroll taxes that are currently coming in from existing working people, which you might even be working and drawing Social Security and you're still paying into the system. Okay, so as long as there's uh, earned income that's subject to Social Security tax, that's going in and that's available to pay current benefits. And that's what it does. Then if there's more benefits to be paid than what's coming in through payroll taxes, the balance then comes out of what's called the trust funds, Mm -hmm. which are funded by treasury bonds. Yeah, they're in very specific, unique ones, right, Mike? Specific to Social Security. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so those those then are used to pay the excess. And so what's happening is that's getting drawn down gradually because – Quite frankly, right now, we're in a big uh, bubble, so to speak, where all the the baby boomers are retiring, ha- uh, have retired, are retiring, and will continue to retire yet for a few years. And so uh, the life expectancy of them is not just a couple of years. When Social Security was set up, life expectancy was 59 to 62 range, and you didn't start getting a benefit until 65. There was none of this early retirement at 62 at that point. It was 65. So they didn't really think many people would draw on it. Um, right, right. Yeah. And just the sheer numbers are right now so skewed. So we just skewed. have, yeah, so many less people paying in. And, and right. it's always been designed like to work on the, the new, uh, I guess, worker, right? Yeah, Feeding exactly. into the system. And we just have lower numbers than ever because we're also living longer. And so right. changes in order for to, for this myth about it's just going to be gone, changes have to happen. I think that's yes. that's something we can all agree on. But I think just like many things, it was I think it was in the '80s in the Reagan administration they made some changes as well. There's probably going to be some age, some grandfathering is is one step. That's one thing they've talked about, that's right? One thing they always talk about, yeah. Yeah. So let's say currently right now, if you're 50, like I'm 52, Mike. So like mm-hmm. I think people probably over 50 or maybe 55 probably will be grandfathered in and nothing would change, right? Mm-hmm. And then for folks under 50 or folks that maybe under 30 even, they might they might come look at what's happening in France, for example. Yeah. They yeah, push exactly. that pensioner program back 2 years and then the young people, people are nuts. losing their mind, right? And it's like right. you got 40 years before you've got to worry about it. Why are you protesting now? But you get the idea. Yeah, it's a highly sensitive issue and um the thing that about the 2033 kind of it kind of it kind of moves, yeah. Out, yeah, we're running out of uh, the uh, trust funds. Is uh, so you spend that down, and so now you're dependent on just the payroll tax, and that's the reason I said that's the first source of funding is current payroll tax. So that's still coming in, and assuming people continue to work, which we got an issue there with a lot of people just bailing out of the system and not working anymore. But uh, as long as you got payroll taxes being collected, then benefits can be paid. And the number that we're hearing is anywhere between 73% of the current benefit to maybe a highest I've heard is uh, either high 70s or at 80% of it. That would mean, for instance, if you're getting $60,000 a year from it, and now all of a sudden the benefits cut to say 75%, you're going to be getting 45000 rather than 60000 Right. Not the end of the world, but something you ought to think about. Sure. Um, you know, and what would you do? Yeah, uh, and planning's got you. Where, right, where's the shortfall coming from? Right, exactly. Yeah. So, what are the things you do to get ready for something like that that could occur? Yeah, not with going off the deep end and 
you know, bunkering down and <laughs> prepping and all <laughs> that kind of stuff. Going, yeah, going crazy, rioting in the streets, right? Saying they're taking yeah, the money yeah, away. Not yeah. rioting in the streets like in France, right, exactly. Right. So, so yeah, and I think there's so and there's so many things, Mike, that they could change, and they probably will have to, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's uh, there's means testing, and we're going to talk about that on the next episode of the podcast a little bit. That's one thing they're kicking around as a way to rejuvenate its life. Uh, just changing the ages, right? I mean, the yeah. 62 early retirement could be one that it could be on the chopping block. They may mm-hmm. if I, I've read some studies that if they move it to 64. It funds the thing for like 50 to 100 years. Yeah. You know, if they move it to 65. Interesting. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of little ways. And and the fact is we have to, we as people have to also accept the reality that we are living longer. So to your point earlier, when people were taking Social Security, they weren't living to, into their 70s. So they, mm-hmm. they weren't on it for very long. Well, now, we, right. you know, now by I think the year 2035, I think, you know, we're talking about, actually, I just saw a study not too long ago from the, um, the UN Economic Forum that by the year 2050, they think that 130 as a life range is possible. Oh yeah. I mean 130, right? It's crazy. Right. So, right. they're going to have to make some moves. It's probably going to be in around how they shift things around, but I think just being gone as that myth, I think that's uh, certainly hyperbole. And that leads me to myth number 5, Mike, which is like we talked about like the option of maybe getting rid of the early retirement age 62 is mm-hmm. one thing that's on the table. Well, right. That's that's myth number five is let me claim it as soon as possible. Let me turn it on as soon as I'm eligible. Uh, and this one we've talked about, Mike, before, where if you need the money, that's one thing. Like if, if you need to turn it on at 62 to make things work correctly for you or you just need the money, that's one thing. But if you're turning it on at 62 because you think it's going to run out or the right. government just owes you the money and you just want to stick it to them, that mm-hmm. might, you might be costing yourself money. It may not be the best best move for you. Yeah, it could be very short-sighted there. Um, and you can't turn around and change your mind uh, after a year. If you, within a year of turning your Social Security on, you say, you know what, this was a mistake, you can pay it all back without interest. Uh, that's one nice little aspect of it. And, um, and and continue to defer as though nothing ever happened. But uh, how many people do that? How many people want to do that? Right, so, right. You know, it may mean that, yeah, I wanted to stop working at 62 or even earlier. And at 62 is the point where I could turn that on. And that would uh, allow me not to have to draw down on other assets as heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you put the plan in place and you figure it out that it will work to do that, great. But you need to know whether that works. And and not just for you, but for if you're married, just your spouse for the long haul, What's their benefit going to be? It's, there's a lot of moving parts that you have to consider. And it's not impossible to do, to figure out. It's not hard necessarily uh, if you get some help. But um, it's just a matter of sitting down and thinking through it rather than just kind of an emotional response. Yeah, the emotional response. I'm going to turn it on before it's gone. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, right. that kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So there you go, folks. That's the top five or the first five, I should say, top Social Security uh, myths that we were talking about on the podcast. And we're going to be back in two weeks and we'll do another five. So we'll do myth six through ten. So, again, make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you're not already doing so. Stop by Mike's website, spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com. Lots of good tools, tips, and resources. You can click on the seminars tab if you want to find out about the next time he's doing an event or the podcasting page. 
uh, is right there. And you can also just at the top of the page schedule a call with Mike if you've got some questions, need some help, especially around Social Security, as there are a lot of moving parts. So thank you so much for your time. We always appreciate it here on Strategic Planning. Mike, my friend, have yourself a great day, and I will see you soon. Thanks. Appreciate it, Mark. Absolutely. We'll talk to you next time here on the podcast. This has been Strategic Planning. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.